Hello. Welcome to the podcast for screw-ups. Uh, this is Wally again. Hello. <laughs> um, I, uh, I'm pretty excited about this one. It's kind of one of those things um, that uh, I've, I've been reading a book, uh, which helps sometimes uh, with ideas, obviously. And uh, uh, I don't want to steal anything from that book. I'm going to read something from the book, but I want to say again, it's uh, Louis Giglio's book. Don't give the enemy a seat at your table. Uh, it's good. You should read it. I, I've enjoyed reading it. Uh, it's been good for me. Uh, I don't know if it'll be good for you, but it has been good for me. Uh, and reading's hard for me, really hard. I'm not the best reader. Uh, so, And I've read two. The other book I read on the mind is Craig Groeschel. And I could quote some of it if it was fresher. Uh, I read it at the beach. Um, and I don't have it with me. I don't know where it's at. Uh, and both of those books are given to me by Jason, uh, just a friend, you know, good friend, uh, thankful for him. Uh, so, anyways, uh, and this is going to be in the same sin track, uh, but the byproducts of sin kind of thing. Uh, and uh, it's these two words, guilt and shame. Uh, and yesterday's verse. Uh, last verse that I read before I left out yesterday, and I wanted to do this yesterday, I just didn't have time. Uh, you know, like, right now it's, I think it's four-ish in the morning, and I'm still in that groove of waking up every day. I can't get past the three right now. Um, of course, that does mean in the evening I'm falling asleep fast. Uh, too fast uh, for me. Uh, and, you know, sometimes when you're like that, you don't feel like you have any kind of life. You just get up and go to work, and eat and then go to sleep and then do it again and do it again and it's a grind you know and Toby Mac has a really uh, it's a song it's called the I don't know what the song's title is but it's talking about the promised land and you're my promised land and, but it says it says something about a ticking clock and if you clock in uh, it, it rings with you you know because I do I clock in uh, I'm not a uh, I'm not, I, I go to the HQ to file papers. I don't get to stay in the HQ where the AC is. That's <laughs> what I say. Um, so the two words are guilt and shame. Um, and I, I, I even gave you, I even looked it up to give you a little definition of each. Um, and I'm going to read you a little bit from the book and from the scripture. I'll do the scripture first. Uh, you know, it's important. It's the most important, I'm sure, of those. Uh, and uh, it's funny, uh, my church in Tuscaloosa that I used to go to, uh, they've been doing Genesis, so, you know, it could have been months ago I could have hit this verse um, and had all these things to say back then, but I, I wasn't in Tuscaloosa. Uh, when I came back, uh, I, I think I said this, I don't know why and what, um, driving down there, just I just couldn't do it right now, uh, and then gas went crazy, and it just wound up being a good decision to be here. But I miss being there. Um, it, it's my place, uh, and I miss the people. Uh, I, uh, you know, there's that piece of me that hopes one day I wind up getting to be back in Tuscaloosa, maybe. And that's a weird thing to say because when I moved there the very first time, um, being an Auburn fan, you got to understand football to know that it's weird when you move to your home, the hometown of your team that you root against. <laughs> um, sorry, I, for I'm getting back to uh, Genesis. Uh, anyway, they're doing Genesis, and 
verse by verse, which is excellent, by the way. Thankful for Troy and what Troy does there. Uh, yeah. Uh, so the last verse of Genesis 2 says this. Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. Um, and uh, sh uh, shame and guilt were not on the earth yet. They weren't a thing. Um, and I don't know what that says to you, but to me it says... There's a purer time that was once on the earth, um, and there, it'll never be again. Now, there's a cure, I think, for guilt and shame, and his name's Jesus. Uh, he washes our sin. Uh, he forgives us. Uh, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of all unrighteousness. He is. You're right in his eyes because of Jesus. Uh, so not to be redundant, but Jesus is a big deal. It's a huge deal in this world, in this life, in everything. He splits time. You know what I'm saying? So, okay. So, uh, that's the verse I read. That's the last verse I read yesterday. And, uh, the Eloise book, uh, I'll read that in a second. Um, guilt is the fact of having committed a specific a specified or implied offense or crime. Just one more time. Guilty is the fact of having committed a specified or implied offense or crime. Shame is a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by the consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior. And here's the thing. When I looked up the definitions, I don't do that a lot. When I speak, I don't I don't do that very often, uh, and this isn't like a, a speaking type thing because I would study more. This is a lot of opinion, you know. Uh, this is a lot of me and you know my views. Uh, uh, hopefully, they're God's views, and I pray over you know what I say, and I hope the Spirit speaks to people. Uh, I hope all that stuff. Um, and there again, you know, I'm not a preacher. I don't never thought I was called to be a preacher, but I think I have some skill in speaking. Uh, I don't think I'm a great speaker, but I think there's some kind of skill to it, you know, that God has given me that I didn't do on my own. I didn't go to school and study. Uh, I, I didn't put myself through that, in all honesty, uh, which is wrong. You know, it's one of those regrets I have. Uh, so, uh, guilt is a fact. You've done something... It's a fact. Shame is the painful feeling of humiliation which, or distress. They're, they're both true things. You know, they're both consequences of sin, uh, of doing something uh, foolish. I, I thought that was interesting that it says that. Uh, so they're, they're natural byproducts of doing something. And the enemy uses it against you. Now, don't forget that the enemy is trying to steal, kill, and destroy you all the time. And one of those places that it's happening is in your mind. Because your mind um, does so much. 
uh, and guilt and shame, they're in your mind. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're like one of those things you dwell on. Like, I don't know about you, but after I sin, I feel sorry, and I feel shame, and I feel guilt. Uh, and the only way to get out of that is to ask for forgiveness and believe that it comes from someone. That's the only way out for me. Um, and that's the thing, that, like I said, and I say, I'll probably say it a lot, is... I regret my sin. Like people say they don't regret the things that they've done because it makes them who the people they are, which I think is true, but someone has to die. Someone had to die to pay for that sin. The debt had to be paid. Um, and it, it all starts in the garden. So from the garden, we're all born in sin. We're all born to screw up. We're all born to have guilt and shame in our life. It's one of those things that happens. I mean, like ladies, I apologize, but there's childbirth pains that come because of that moment. And I don't know if childbirth would have been without pain pre-sin. You know, that's one of those things that was lost in that, in that day. It's, it's just lost. Um, and I don't think Adam and Eve uh, are different than us. I don't. I mean, like, people try to blame Eve or blame Adam. Uh, I think the same things that they get tripped up by, we get tripped up by. And I'm going to say a little bit to that. Uh, yeah. So, guilt and shame. That's what today's about, guilt and shame. Um, the fact of having committed a specified or implied offense or crime. It's a fact. And that humiliation that you feel, it's a thing. And I, like yesterday, I was walking and I was being, um, in my head, you know, reminded of sins. That's not coming from God. That's coming from another person something against you you know it's there's an enemy and the mind is the place that lots of that battle goes on the natural man does not understand you know that whole thing um, okay a little Louis uh, from his book it's on page <laughs> I'll probably should get my glasses for this uh, read the whole thing it's got worse and worse, by the way. I need to go to the eye doctor. I just said why. Um, page 143. There is a penalty to be paid for wrongdoings. Yet Jesus already took the penalty for sin for you. Jesus has set you free of guilt and shame. And it's grace. He talks about grace a lot in that. And, uh, you know, grace is not Grace Kelly or ballet grace is that gift that's given to us that we don't deserve uh, grace and mercy I know they kind of go together too uh, but they're different and I, I can't always I should have looked up the definition of those for you too um, but uh, we don't deserve we deserve to, to wallow in shame and guilt that's what we deserve but what we get 
is freedom because of Christ. I couldn't lift my head if it wasn't for him. Uh, I wouldn't have a right to if it wasn't for him. Uh, I have sinned. I have committed offense. And, you know, you deserve death because of that. But what you get because of Jesus is freedom and love. Now look, there's still consequences. Sin has consequences. And one of those is separation from God. Like, you don't feel as close because you know you're doing something wrong. And it's not God who moves, it's you who moves. Um, one more thing for Louis. Uh, I find it. The enemy wants you to find, wants to define you by your scars. Jesus wants to define you by his scars. Which I, I don't know, I just think it's a smart. You know, Louis an excellent communicator. Um, and uh, that's Christianity. That's what makes Christianity different is Jesus. That you can't pay for your sins. You can't work yourself out of sin. You can't work it off. You know, somebody had to pay for it. And that's what makes it so uh, great. But it also is what makes us uh, licentious. Uh, that we take it too far and we, you know, we break it. I, I don't know about you, but I, I, ha I push it to the limit sometimes to right before sin. And uh, he always gives you a way of escape. But I don't always take it. You know, I keep on driving sometimes into it. And, you know, guilt and shame have crushed me, have pushed me far away. Um, and one of those things that people will say about me, just like the other good things I think people will say, is that I'm, I've been inconsistent. And I think that sin makes you inconsistent. And when you don't get out of sin, it makes you inconsistent because you don't feel like you can be the person that you're supposed to be. Like you missed it. But if you confess your sins, He is faithful and just to forgive you of all unrighteousness. Now, I'm not saying you should keep on being a leader. Like, there's this video that's out right now, and it's of this pastor confessing a sin. And then the lady who he has the sin with gets up and talks. And she says, I was 16 when it happened, and I, and you're trying to brush it off. Um, it's hard to hear because um, my guess is he did some good things as being the pastor and continue being the pastor. That's my guess. But he also committed a crime. You know, and he took away her innocence. And he kept on preaching. And, uh, you know, fortunately for me, uh, I, I haven't been in ministry a lot when I have sinned. Uh, and, you know, like, I would step out. Uh, it's, you know, and like, 
there's that weird uh, thing that uh, you're not really qualified to do anything else sometimes when you do ministry. <laughs> um, there's not, you know, there's not a lot of other jobs that are like it, you know, and probably even your ego, it, it feeds your ego that people love you, you know, that when you speak, um, that people are kind to you or they give you little things that they just are special to you. And sometimes you may not want to give that up. And I don't know about that, Pastor. I, I don't know him. And I, you know, and I, the guilt and shame he must have lived with was a lot, I'm sure. But the girl, you know, uh, so um, guilt and shame are a real thing. They really happen. And, um, you know, you can be stuck in it for a long time. And, I, like, there's just one of those things that, you know, I probably have missed things that I could have done for God because I was struggling with guilt and shame. That I was stuck in that shame cycle or guilt cycle of not getting out of sin. Because um, sin is hard to get out of. It takes you further than you want to go. It just does. I mean, it's just one of those things. Uh, it's like that thing, that same, my, when I was a youth, uh, and helping them serve, that uh, the thing of a snowball, that when you roll it down a hill, it gets bigger. Um, you know, sin can get bigger in your life. It can get more and more and more. Especially when you, like, I think it's excellent to confess your sins, but not turning away is a bad thing. Uh, it's uh, faith without works kind of thing. It's like a song you can't sing. Um, that's a little rich moment for you too, by the way. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, just wanted to give you just a little bit of Genesis 3, um, that the lies that the serpent tells. And that's the thing. It's one of those things in Lou's book that I, I've been trying to think about uh, is that capturing the thoughts that come in your head, especially when they're negative and they're wrong, uh, lies, uh, because we tell ourselves lies because of the things that we put in. And I'm, you know, I'm, I put in TV and movies, and I put in things that are, they're always trying to say something that's contrary to God, in all honesty. Um, contrary to the Bible, uh, and you do it to be entertained. And I get it. I, I totally get it. Uh, like, there's this movie I want to see right now, um, and it's Top Gun. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I watched it when I was young, and Randy Glenn did something hilarious at that movie. Randy Glenn, if you hear this, uh, it was the most hilarious thing. Uh, got up and he started posing when the movie broke. The movie broke um, and <laughs> he, he went down front and he started uh, just flexing and he said, I got him to stop this movie so I can flex for you. And he was a skinny guy and it was funny to me. It was so funny. Uh, anyways, so there's this movie and I want to see it. Uh, I really do. I want to see it. But I don't want to give money to Tom Cruise. I don't want to give more fame to Tom Cruise. Now look, it's not going to matter. It's already happening. 
It's already going to be his biggest movie of all time. It's going to make more money than any movie he's ever done. Okay? I still don't want to give money to it. Because he's a Scientologist. And I believe Scientology is a cult. And I think, if you don't believe me, just watch one of those Leah Remini shows where she exposes it. She was in it, and she talks about it now. And it's keeping people in bondage. And that means that Tom Cruise is helping keep people in bondage. And Tom Cruise is keeping that religion alive because he has so much money and fame. And I don't need to go see that movie because of that. Now look, I think people are free to do whatever they want to, and I get it. I have nostalgia too. But I don't want to see something that helps keep people in bondage. Now yes, I, I watch other things that probably keep people in bondage that I don't know about. Uh, you can't hardly watch TV and not that whole thing. Uh, and it makes me think of this thing. Uh, I know I'm all over the place. I apologize. Uh, this is me. You know, you get me. Uh, but it makes me think about something that Saint and Renee said one time, or maybe a conversation I had with Saint, and it was a conversation that he and Renee had, and they were uh, trying to, like, figure out what they're going to let their kids watch on TV. And they maybe were watching something or something, and they wouldn't want their kids to see it, and then they wondered why why were they watching it. Um, and here's the thing that you do. You say, well, I'm older, so I have freedom to do that. You know, I, I have freedom to watch things, and you do have freedom. I'm not saying don't have freedom. I'm just saying there's byproducts. You know, there may be things that come with it. I mean, it's like all these things that places are pushing now that go against the Bible. I mean, there's just a lot of that. You know, there's that whole thing. So, anyways, I'll go back to the scripture and uh, quit uh, opinion in. <laughs> um, in uh, Genesis 3, the serpent's lies he tells to, to deduce Eve. He says, did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? Did he actually say that? Uh, and it's the same trick that he tries on Jesus. Uh, he tries to, to use the scripture to manipulate it to try to get him to sin. And Jesus knows the scripture so well, which is one of those um, tricks or tips or whatever to get out of sin is to memorize scripture. That's what Jesus did. That's how Jesus, who's confronted by the devil himself, uses scripture to get out of it. Okay? So, and Eve didn't have the scripture. Here's what Eve had. A relationship with God. Her and Adam, every day, in the cool of the day, would hang out. I mean, let that sink in. That every day, God would come hang out with them in the garden. 
and like uh, the last two days here uh, in Alabama, uh, it's been 63 in the morning. It's been the cool of the day. I love it. And when I, especially when I walk, because uh, it just feels good. It feels good to do something in that kind of temperature. Uh, and, you know, California has that kind of weather that's 75 and sunny a lot. But the cool of the day, you know, they they had that. Um, and that's what the last verse in Genesis that I read, uh, they were naked <laughs> and they had no shame. They just walked around and lived with no shame and no guilt from sin. Uh, okay, so the first one, the first lie is, did he really say... You shall not eat of any tree in the garden. The second lie is, you will not surely die. You will be like God, knowing good and evil. God, uh, this is me, God is keeping something from you. That's the whole thing, that you're missing out. And sometimes that's the whole thing of sin, is you think you're missing out. Uh, like when you're young, uh, there's this line in this song that somebody sings, uh, and it says, they tell you when you're young you should uh, party or you should go crazy or have lots of sex or do all this stuff. But what they don't tell you is all the consequences that come with it. Uh, so, uh, you know, that he's trying to keep you from your fun. God's not trying to keep you from fun. He's trying to keep you from hurt. You know, like the Ten Commandments. I say this a lot because they're not they're not a list of don'ts. They're a list of, I don't want you to go through this. I don't want you to go through what happens when you do this. Um, it's bad. It's all bad what happens when you do this. And you can live however you want to. I live in America. You can do what you want to. You're free to do what you want to. It just may not be good for you. And guilt and shame may not be the only byproducts. There may be more than that. Uh, uh, then came shame and guilt. They hid. That's you know what I'm saying. That's guilt and shame. When they heard God in the garden, they hid. They had already covered up. Now they hid. I mean, doesn't that, isn't that like a picture of guilt and shame for you? Like hiding or running away? Uh, you know, I, I say this a lot, and I, I used to have freedom to do this, that I could run away anytime I wanted to because I did a job where I drove. So I could just take off and go make money. Not a lot of money, but some money. You know, some. So Adam and Eve, they hide from God. <laughs> Which... <laughs> you know, which is one of those crazy, I mean, thoughts is that you can hide from God. You can't. There's nowhere you can go. There's nowhere we can flee. He's everywhere. He's everything. Um, so they hid. And then they missed the cool of the day. And here's another thing that happened. They're afraid. They have fear. Pre-sin, 
There's no guilt. There's no shame. There's no fear. There's nothing to be afraid of. I mean, people say the world is terrible. It's terrible because of sin. That's why it's terrible. I mean, sin, all the things that people say are terrible. Shooting people, drugs, sex, uh, whatever kind of craziness there is out there, is sin. That's what makes this world messed up. That's what messes up your mind. Sorry, I had to throw that in because it's so true. They get kicked out of the garden. They lose their home. And I, you know, I don't know where that place is. I've, I remember having a friend that was talking about the tree of life or the garden and was trying to find it on the earth or whatever. And um, I'm sure people have looked for it. Uh, but it's, there's not access to it right now. Um, that perfection where the water you know comes in perfectly around it which of course if you're going to live someplace you might as well have water around you uh, it's just you know just why you should live at the beach probably um, so they lost their home they become afraid they have shame and guilt and they lose the cool of the day and childbirth gets to be um, gets to be a thing uh, you know, I would be interested to ask God you know could there have been no pain in childbirth had there not been sin um, I don't know you know that whole baby thing I don't have any kind of access to that knowledge because I was one but have not made any and you know not a lady Ladies, we respect you, what you go through. I do. Um, so, uh, here's why I'm all that to say. You don't have to let guilt and shame stop you. Falling down doesn't make you a failure. It's staying down that does. So, get up. Get out of guilt and shame. Cry out to somebody who can do something about it. His name is Jesus. If you ask him, he will forgive you. I believe that. It's the only reason why I have a podcast, why I have a website. It's the only reason why I operate how I operate. It's the only reason. Because sin crushed me more than once. But I, I knew as a believer that I couldn't live this way. And it was hard. It's hard all the time to get out of sin. Because sin is pleasure to me. I, I think a lot of it is pleasure. And it feels good. But there's bad that comes with it. Um, and, you know, they they say you don't regret the things you regret on your deathbed. And I, It's I have memories of sin. And I like those memories sometimes. And it's gross that I like it. Because it felt good in that moment. But what it did to me, it takes you away from God. And the only way back is through Jesus. 
know, that God wanted you to have a way back. He didn't want to just leave you. Like, that that, that Psalms verse that I read in one of these weeks, uh, that he delights in us. You know what I'm saying? He knows what it's like to hang out on the earth with two people, a man and a woman, every day until they blew it and they ruined it. And even after that, even after we all ruin it, we all ruin it, we all sin, we all fall short, we all, like Adam and Eve, do the wrong thing. We all do. All we, like, have gone astray. All of us. Every last one of us. I don't know if you're catching me saying it over and over again. We all do. And God, creator of the universe still wants to have a relationship with us. He demonstrates his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's him. Now, the cool of the day is not coming back. Hanging out in the garden is not coming back. But there are cool days where God can be with you. And that's where, you know, I'm in one of those seasons where, like today, around 5 in the morning, I don't even know what time it is right now, I probably should find out, but around 5 in the morning, I go out and I go walk, and I pray, and I listen to music that I think uplifts me. I walk with God. He's with me. He's in me. And I get that with Him. Sunday morning, uh, it's the first day it was cool in a while in the morning. I just sat outside and listened to music and thought about me and God and just thought about things. That's how good God is. And that's post-failure. That's post-ruining it. Guilt and shame can't stop you unless you let it stop you. And I have let it stop me before. I've wallowed in my guilt and my shame. And I laid in the bed and I didn't want to get up. I didn't ever want to get up again. But it's not the place that you're meant to stay. It's just not. Um, so wherever you're at today, I hope you're in a good place. I hope you have the same feeling that I have today. I hope maybe you're headed on your walk. Yeah, whatever that is, whatever your thing is, you know. And I'm walking to be in better shape. But in my good seasons, I'm walking, I'm reading the scripture, I'm being faithful in church, and I'm trying to share my life. And I always am open to share my life. I'm not trying to say that I don't share. But I know there have been guilt and shame times where I share less, or I shy away. 
I never to this ever have turned down that I know of someone asking me to speak that I know of. Just in case there is a scenario, I apologize if I forget forgotten. Um, but I, 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 I speak when I am asked. And I've only asked to speak one time. Uh, maybe twice. But there's this time uh, that I ask to speak. Um, and I've said this before. It's, it's actually after five, so I, my walk is coming. So you, you don't have to hear me much longer. Um, so, uh, sorry, the time thing got me. Uh, so I, I've written this book, um, and I still haven't put it in print form. I apologize that, not that anybody's waiting for it, but it's, it's the last little hurdle of that whole writing a book thing. Um, and Jason helped me a lot, trust me. <laughs> um. And that was a good season of him and I getting to talk it through. Uh, <clears throat> dang, I lost my thought. I'm sorry. The time thing got me. Um, shoot. Sorry. Um, I just totally lost it. I apologize. Oh, asking people to speak. Sorry. That's a wallet. That's a wallet. That's a wallet. You just got pure wallet. Uh, um, so I... I asked my pastor, I said, hey man, could I speak and give away copies of my book? I'm going to invite everybody I know to come hear me. That'll come, you know. Uh, and I had a lot of people in mind that I, you know, whatever reason, uh, uh, people I love, you know, that I don't get to see. And I don't do this a lot. I don't leverage everything a lot. There's been a few times that I have when I feel like I'm supposed to. Um, it's And I'll talk about some more of those may, maybe today. I don't know. We'll see. Um, so I called and I asked. And he said yes. Um, and so then I, their second campus of the church that I was at. So I called the pastor of that campus and I said, hey, I've written this book. Can I come speak about it and give it away? And he didn't, he wasn't for it. Uh, he wasn't mean. He was very kind. Um, and he wanted to read it first, you know, which is probably wise, you know. <laughs> so um, I sent him a copy, whatever. Uh, and uh, then it all just blew up. Um, the pastor that I asked, the first pastor, which is Troy, you know, just uh, people who know me know. He said, hey, I apologize, but we have somebody speaking on that day, so, you know, you're it's out. You can't do it that day. And I didn't try to get another day um, because I'd already done something that I don't do. I asked to speak. I don't do that. I think that God provides it. And if he doesn't, then you don't need to. So I don't ask. It's not a thing I do. I don't ask. Except for two times, I think. Maybe three. Maybe three. Sorry. Um, you want to be as accurate as I can be. So, um, didn't happen. Uh, somebody else is coming to speak. You know, somebody famous, you know, which is great. Uh, but, you know, there's some crushingness that comes with that. Um, 
which isn't anybody's fault. It's just one of those things because I, I don't go back and I ask again. Uh, and I won't ask again. Um, you know. <laughs> so, uh, so I, I text the other pastor and I say, hey, uh, it blew up. Um, I can't do it here, so I'm not going to do it there either. I apologize for asking. Thank you for letting me. Um, and then I don't. So that whole big moment that I built up in my head um, winds up being nothing. And um, I lost momentum with the book. And I'm not blaming that. Uh, it just, I didn't pr get it printed uh, then. And I don't have the money to get it printed probably. Because <laughs> um, like uh, I was asking somebody again, because I'm trying to inquire again. Because I love these little books that... Uh, the new place I'm going to church, uh, Joe and Brownie, and Brownie's the ones that I read the most. The, the new one I've been working through um, is Joe and Brownie, apparently. But Brownie does these uh, devotional books, and they print them, and they're perfect. Um, you know, they're small, and they're not real long. And you can put them in your hand easy, and uh, I just like them. Um, so, I... Uh, I want to print it, but she said, you know, the minimum copies is 400. So you know 400 is going to cost so much. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I mean, let's just go on record and say I hadn't been done a good job of uh, making money in life. <laughs> Which is an understatement. Uh, but, uh, uh, 400 is a lot. I don't even know if there's 400 people that I even wanted to invite that day. Uh, so there's like two or three people in my mind right now that I was wanting to invite really bad. Um, and I want to give them a copy. <laughs> um, not that, I, I only know one person who's read the book. Uh, and I still hadn't, uh, Jameson, I hadn't uh, sent a thing to say, tell me about what you think, you know. Because there's part of me that doesn't want to hear what he thought because it is what it is. It's probably not going to change, uh, especially at this point. It's like the first time I wrote a book. Uh, I put it up online, and uh, I got—I think I got a dollar twenty-seven. People, somebody bought it for a dollar twenty-seven. Uh, that may have been the highest I ever made it. Uh, but it, I didn't edit it. I didn't go back and get somebody to help me with the run-on sentences or anything like this. Book uh, pursue is what it's called. Uh, it's more edited than the first one. Thank the Lord. Uh, and Jason helped me do some of that, a lot of that. Uh, you know, even when he was busy and he still looked out for me. So, um, so yeah, uh, so that's one of those times. Another one of those times is when I'm young. Uh, I am in high school and I moved back from California and I um, have been going to church and at a centrifuge, I felt like God told me I need to start a Bible study thing at school. So, there's this moment, and I call them movie moments where you, the music builds, and um, it's that whole thing, and I'm standing there at, at Minor, at the old East Building, in the parking lot, we used to have to go register when we were seniors, and I'm surrounded by all my friends at that moment and I tell them that I'm going to start a Bible study at school 
I committed at the, in the summer at Centrifuge in front of my youth group. And then I went to school and did it. And it was a thing. Um, and my friends came. And they didn't all believe, per se, but they came because they cared about me at that moment. And, I, you know, lots of those people I don't even know now. Like, we don't communicate anymore. Um, they may not even remember that moment, but I do. It's a movie moment for me. Um, this, another one of those times is when I'm uh, serving at the bend. Uh, that's no more. It's a church that's no more. <laughs> Um, it's so sad, but, you know, uh, churches are, can be for seasons, too, unfortunately. Um, leadership can get you on that one. Uh, um, and I don't think it was my leadership, but I was definitely a leader. And when I stepped out uh, from cutting the grass and cleaning the building and preaching and doing youth and doing call, anyways. Uh, yeah, it didn't make it. So... Uh, some guys I was with uh, at the time, Jason and BJ and Clay, uh, we had a little community group of our own accountability, and they kept saying there's nothing for college students like them, and they all went to, uh, BJ went to Sanford, and Clay and Jason went to UAB, um, and there wasn't a thing for them because they weren't on campus. So we made a thing, the four of us. Uh, we made a thing, and it didn't become famous, and it's not anymore, um, but it was a thing of God. And I wrote a note to everybody I knew, and I sent it to them, and invited them. And nobody came out of that list, hardly. And the day that I knew that it was going to make it is when Brandy Wiley came. Brandy uh, was doing nursing at Bevel and playing softball, I think. And she picked coming to that over playing softball, I think. And she loves softball. And I see now that her kids are playing. And um, I hope she never regrets that moment that she did that because um, her coming was one of those things where it clicks that it's going to be a thing. We're going to make it. Um, she was that thing that in my head it clicked. Um, and um, when I drove away that night, the first night, there's not anybody there. There's not many people there. And, and I just FYI, I never have been the person that lots of people are drawn to or lots of people have come to and um, have. I've I just never been that person. Uh, I know friends who have, and I'm not saying I haven't had success. I just mean that people aren't drawn to me. Like like a Clay, people are drawn to Clay. Um, and he's, you know, a good friend. Um, thankful for him. Uh, but I'm not like Clay. People aren't drawn to me. I mean, people love me, thankfully. And God's given me favor. But I'm, you know, not many people come because of me. So, um, so that's the time, um, and then I, when I drove away and I went, got, I stopped to get something to drink. God impressed on me that 
could have done more or that I should do more, more things like this. Um, so, uh, so I, you know, I, I guess I was on the lookout for that. Um, so, and I w w was in, I still live in here, uh, in the VLA, on the Hila, <laughs> um, and, uh, started helping at a little bitty place, but I wasn't really helping there. I was just kind of going, um, and that was Joey's church, the church that I'm going to now, uh, High Point is what it's called. Uh, I, uh, was just helping, you know, trying to help, but I knew something else, I was going somewhere else because I had already known that I was going to move to Tuscaloosa, but it was going to take a while before it happened. Um, there was a whole year, I think, before I moved down. I was so ready to go to Tuscaloosa to help start the next thing. Um, and it's cool that I'm here right now, but I miss there, you know, because um, I was in here for sure, but I, I was really in in Tuscaloosa because um, God really did this thing of, like, yeah, I can't tell you how many drives I had to Tuscaloosa once it hit my radar that Tuscaloosa could be a thing. I can't tell you how many times I prayed for Tuscaloosa um, from that day. And, uh, you know, this crazy to think this, but Bill Ferris helped me move down there in his blue truck. Uh, I apologize, I'm going to get a little upset. Uh, uh, Bill's not here anymore. You know, he's passed away. Uh, and uh, I just think about him and Nancy, his wife. They uh, supported me one of those times when I was in Tuscaloosa. And uh, they're pretty much just only a few supporters of me. I don't, you know asked for help uh, and I didn't ask this time they didn't want me to know I'm thankful that I do know now um, but there's my mom who supported me my stepdad Stan the non-believer and died a non-believer but he always supported me and financially supported me more than anybody which is crazy and he's gone too he's dead so, uh, so that's another moment, you know, where I leveraged my life and I moved to Tuscaloosa to help start this thing. And that's the reason why it's still so, uh, you know, fresh. And um, when I was struggling there, and I was struggling with sickness, uh, my mind got messed up and I stepped out. And good things came from me stepping out. Uh, there's a person who's still serving there that is excellent. Um, and uh, he was better at it than I was. Still is better at it than I am. But that's the last place I served on the staff. And I, I'm the one who stepped out. And 
you know, I blew it. I screwed up. I did all that stuff. I, you know, I had to deal with that. Um, that I screwed up. That I, yeah, and there was sin too, but it was mainly sickness. And I was in my head about how to fix it. Um, and I tried to fix it, and it didn't work. I should have let God fix it. God was trying to fix it, and I wouldn't let it. He was trying to give me a way of escape, and I didn't let it. That's a dangerous thing that when you do that. Uh, so, watch out for those moments. Uh, I know this one's going to be longer than most. Uh, I apologize. I didn't know some of that stuff was coming out. Uh, so, I, I need to be on the look for the next time that God wants me to do whatever He wants me to do. So, right now, I'm being faithful. And that's the thing that he wants me to do is be faithful. I'm having with youth. Um, I'm being faithful in church. Uh, I'm doing this podcast. I'm doing the website. And it's hard. I'm doing that all as a response to God's call on my life and wanting me to share my life. So I'm doing it. I'm not letting guilt and shame stop me anymore. Um, and I don't want to in the future, you know. So... I apologize that today's so long. Usually I'm good for 25, <laughs> sometimes 13. Um, I'll no tell how many minutes this one will be, but we'll be up on the website soon. Um, thank you for joining. This is the end of today's uh, podcast for screw-ups.